Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from Business Radio X studios here in Pensacola, Florida. And I am surrounded by the table by, I'm going to call you Dr. Kevin, because I don't want to butcher your last name. It's Schottmeyer. There you go. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, uh, Bill, you're back for round two. Round two. You were like just here. I know. But something new, right? So Proclaims Medical Billing. Proclaims Medical Billing. And then Dr. Kevin's here for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah, we're a family medicine clinic on the corner of airport and uh, uh, 9th Avenue. Yeah. uh, Florida Blue Healthcare. So for those of us that have lived here for a while, that's the old Blockbuster building. <laughs> yeah, right out there in front of Steinmart and everybody's favorite five guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So still, still kind of mad that Blockbuster's gone. Well, you know, it's all on demand now. So talk about making a bad business decision, right? Yep. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's just let's get into this because, uh, Kevin, your world's changing, right? As, as healthcare and as the, the new presidency sort of dawns upon us. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of changes come um, through healthcare. Obviously... Um, America spends more on healthcare and does not have one of the leading healthcare systems. Yeah. We spend more than any other country and our healthcare system is not even in the top 10 in the world. Do you um, think that's so we need, we need changes. Do you think that's because it's privatized or do you just think that's, what do you, give me some examples if you can do it without pissing off the rest <laughs> of the world. <laughs> so there's multiple reasons. Um, you know, some of it is, um, you know, there is some lack of responsibility, mm-hmm. um, by both, um, patients and doctors in the use of healthcare money. So yeah. there has been that in the past, no doubt. Um, there's also, um, you know, capitalism and healthcare, you know, you, you got to kind of, you know, I, I, I love capitalism, but right. sometimes when you look at trying to make money off of sick and injured people, yeah. you know, it kind of hurts your heart. Kinda, yeah. It takes yeah, a little so, the warm and fuzzy away, doesn't it? So that may be some of it, but I think a lot of it is some, some, irresponsibility and then you got the other side of the litigious society that we live in and so people practice um you know medicine to try to uh cover themselves and cover all the basis where really the best medicine sometimes is to wait and allow the body to heal ourselves but we're so used to ordering all these tests and labs that a lot of times aren't necessary but we want to make sure we don't miss anything you know because we want to protect ourselves from a lawsuit yeah so how does this change the way that you practice medicine? Like, what are you doing differently now that you weren't doing five years ago? Well, uh, five years ago, I was in residency. You were, you were interning, so. <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of things different yeah. now. You know, I'm trying more and more uh, to be responsible. Uh, obviously, my number one obligation is to my patients. Sure. I want to do the very best for my patients every time. But now also with my um, close connection with Florida Blue and uh, Baptist Hospital, I also, you know, think about those organizations and, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to just order a test to order a test and it's not going to make an impact on my patient's life, then I, I think second about that and try to save uh, the health care system money and that in turn, in the long run, same as the patient money. Yeah. Do you see uh, light at the end of the tunnel? I do. I'm always... Uh, optimistic? I, I'm always optimistic. <laughs> um, you know... We see a lot of the best healthcare systems around the world are socialized medicine, mm-hmm. and uh, there's no doubt there's a push in our country to go in that direction. Um, that doesn't mean that people are going to get bad healthcare, and sometimes we're afraid of that. Um, I, I love capitalism, and I would love to see us develop a healthy system that yeah. is capitalistic. Um, but I think there's probably going to be um, 
some changes do happen because the system we're in right now is not working so hot, right. which is basically a mix of capitalism and, and socialism, um, you know, with, with healthcare, with government healthcare being a part of what we do, but also now they're pushing into that private sector right. and that's pushing, you know, who gets hurt on that. It's the people who have always paid their bills. So what do you think people are so scared of moving into a, uh, I guess, socialistic healthcare? And, and I ask this because, you know, I watched uh, my father move to um, London, England and ended up needing healthcare over there. And it was, he's had some very, very good experiences, but he's also had one bad experience. Unfortunately, the one bad experience outweighed, but it wasn't due to the style of med. It was due to the care that was given or negligence that was given. But the other sides of it, he's like, this has been great because it's been easy to do the things that you need to do. But what do you think people are so scared of? Well, I think uh, access to care is a huge one. You know, if you give everybody access to physicians, there's not enough of us to go around. So you have oh, a you big gap so there might right be more now. jobs created. There, there could be, <laughs> but right now we're not putting out enough doctors right. in the U.S. to cover the population. So that is a concern. Um, but that shouldn't be our blockade. It should be a, a prompt to um, one. We're moving to more mid-level service with nurse practitioners and. Um, physician assistants, but also we need to open up more slots of medical schools. And um, I graduated from a Caribbean medical school. It was an amazing um, experience. I uh, mm-hmm. got a really good education, did my residency in the U.S. and Indiana. And uh, um, but, you know, obviously there's more of that um, uh, type of doctor coming in. My school has more practicing physicians in the U.S. than any other medical wow. school. Um, so you did, did you say Indiana? That's where I did my residency. Yes. So tonight's going to be bittersweet for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they got one game, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, Indiana, not the Indians. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. That's I know. Cleveland, Ohio. Oh well, yeah. you know. So yeah, I was uh, close enough up north that I grew that up. It's a, not a Chicago Cub fan. Well, it's in between the two cities. Yeah, actually. I grew up uh, cheering for the Cubs and the Reds. So okay, I'm, I'm voting for the Cubs. All right, me? all right. So all right. at least you got a dog in the hunt. Then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Bill, what are you seeing on your side? My side, I like this guy already. He's a Cubs fan. I'm born and raised in <laughs> Chicago. Go Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of what he said is very true as far as, you know, I think most of us like capitalism. Uh, the ones who don't like socialism are the ones who really don't have never experienced it. Um, you know, I've never experienced it firsthand, but I've know people who have experienced it firsthand, who've lived in Germany, who've lived in England. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the one bad experience far outweighs all the others. Sure. sure. Uh, my campaign manager. Uh, by the way, I'm running for state representative. <laughs> vote, vote for me uh, if you haven't already. That's the third show, by the way. <laughs> Bill, Bill will have a series of three. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he spent time in Germany and his father b- was basically born and raised there. And he ended up dying because he was sitting, you know, waiting. You yeah. know, I mean, he just kept waiting, waiting, waiting. And that's what you keep hearing, you know, you know, people from Canada. They are coming to America and paying cash for their surgeries because they can't get them done in Canada because they're sitting around waiting. Yeah. And, you know, you hear these stories and I mean, I, I know there, you know, there's good and bad and, you know, people from England, I hear great stories all the time. I could mm-hmm. walk in the hospital and get knee surgery tomorrow. Sure. You know, yeah, that's great when you're 18, 19 years old. But what about my grandmother? Or what about my parents right. who may be saying, well, you know what? You've lived a good life. Just hobble around on that knee, we're going to give that knee to someone younger who says a life remaining. 
And we uh, see uh, the job our government's done with the VA system. And, you know, if our whole healthcare system was run the same way, that would we'd be... We'd all be in trouble, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah. You know, my father-in-law's had great experience with the VA system, but obviously we see a lot of tragedy there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather swore up and down by the VA up in Chicago. He loved it. But then down here, you know, I hear horror stories. I've had two... Uh, my wife has had two friends who's had their husbands die from stomach cancer because it was misdiagnosed. Yeah. So, you know, and, and one of the things I always hear is, I guess that's why they call it practice medicine, right? Because you can't get it all right all the time, but there's a lot more that we could be doing as a society to help reinforce what you guys are doing in the field. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, a lot of things we could do as society are, you know, we, we have a huge obesity population mm-hmm. or a problem, you know, in today. And that spurs on most of the things that I treat, diabetes, hypertension, um, high uh, high cholesterol mm-hmm. it's all goes back to um you know our poor healthcare habits um the high consumption of you know non-healthy Stuff. foods <laughs> things that's not even food <laughs> yeah so you know there's been some uh, uh uh some people uh in government try to push uh subsidizing mm-hmm. produce and taxing junk food yeah. I think a program like that would be a great option. Yeah. But, you know, okay, but let's look at cigarettes. Do we think it'd work? I mean, right? Because if you smoke, you still you no, still buy the tax and subsidize. Yeah, actually, the rate of smoking, the the um, cost of cigarettes is prohibitive to smoking. Yeah. You know, when, when I was studying for the boards, uh, the questions, I could tell when a question was written by how many packs of cigarettes a person smoked. You know, the mm-hmm. older questions, people were smoking three packs of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Who does that anymore? Yeah, you right. Know, at least we're down. Yeah. You know, and, you know, every 15 cigarettes somebody smokes is risk for new cancer. So, you know, if I have a person smoking a cigarette, that's better than smoking a pack. Yeah. You know, but, you know, obviously we won't get them completely off that. So, yeah, taxing things like that does help. Yeah. Okay. So what ended, what, what, Tell me how you landed here in in uh, Pensacola, and tell me how you landed in here with Florida Blue. Okay. So um, when I was finishing residency in Indiana, I was looking for a job and uh, contacted Baptist Hospital, and they brought us down to look at the area. It just wasn't a good fit for us at that time. Yeah. I was doing a lot of uh, emergency medicine room work uh, in my in my off time and uh that's addicting isn't it yeah it gets a little uh gets a little involved so um they brought us down it wasn't a good fit um three and a half years later we're down here on vacation over in Destin. i walk outside and i tell my wife man why didn't we move to florida (laughs) (laughs) and the very next day out of the blue uh the recruiter from baptist hospital calls me again and says I've got this really incredible opportunity. It's a very unique uh, healthcare position mm-hmm. um, in so much that I'm still working for Baptist Hospital, which is an amazing organization. Sure. Um, but I'm, you know, in a Florida Blue Center. So I kind of that, am that li- liaison between healthcare and insurance. Right. You know, before as a physician, I hated insurance yeah, because they wouldn't let, you know, it was always the opposition. You yeah. know, I wanted my patient to have this test or that test and they wouldn't want them to have it. Right. But now, you know, working in that, I, I really want to be a advocate for a better relationship between physician and insurance sure. because everybody should be out for the best for the patient. Right. Doesn't feel that way because the patient pays the insurance premiums mm-hmm. and then can't get the test they want. 
But when we look at it, there's only so much money to go around. And what right. they're trying to do is say, what is the best use of the money? Yeah. So so they've positioned you to really be the best interest for both the patient and the insurance company. That's I, I'm trying to move in that direction. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm I'm always going to advocate for the health of my patient. Sure. Uh, but now, you know, I do kind of look at uh, Florida Blue a little bit more and say, you know, what could I help them change to improve this gap? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, you know, I know the Florida Blue system a little bit better. So I know if I'm going to get a test covered or not. Yeah. Whereas when I was working at 20 insurance, it was a toss up. <laughs> yeah. Know, what it was going to get covered and what wasn't with whatever insurance you have. So now I'm trying to learn that system better. So I know. Um, you know, what we're going to have to do to get this test covered that, um, you know, you, you may need to jump through certain hoops right. and we can expedite that process. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So speaking of systems, this is where uh, just magically today that this happens, but this is where Bill comes in. <laughs> this is <me>. because, <laughs> you, you know, uh, last week, Bill, we were talking about Florida Pedi- Pediatric Center that you, that you help partner with, but then you also have the medical building. And we got into this a little bit about just the huge transition you guys are taking now. So I want to know from both sides of the fence, you know, where, because I, all I can imagine, I see a big ball of yarn all tangled <laughs> up and then That's two nice different sides, like trying to pull it out and figure out how to get, how to get there. Right? Cause what I see is a big ball of yarn with a bunch of junk inside. Yeah. Of it. Right. I right. mean, just sticking out thorns and everything yeah. else. You know, what I do is I kind of pick up the pieces from where, uh, Dr. Kevin left off in that. You know, like he's saying, you know, when I, de- when he dealt 20 different insurances, he didn't know what test was going to get covered. And that's kind of where I step in. And what we do at Florida, at, uh, ProClaims Medical Billing. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> we, choose the right business today. <laughs> which hat am I wearing? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we have a bunch of different things we do for a lot of different doctors. We do everything from total practice management to just strictly billing and mm-hmm. coding. And, you know, the coding nowadays, we touched on it last week, is such a huge thing for doctors now with the new ICD-10 that is out. We went from a very simple code to having 20 codes for the same old code. And it's just an absolute nightmare for doctors nowadays to know which one's which. And that's why we step in and we've actually taken a more progress, um, a, a bigger step in the whole practice management aspect of it. You know, if, if all I did was billing for a doctor, which I have a couple doctors where I don't do any management, I do is billing. We still do consulting. Um, I'll still look at his billing and say, Hey, look, you know, you're missing out on a couple codes that you could be using. Mm-hmm. And, or did you know that these codes are now available? You know, and I actually helped them bring patients into the clinic where before they didn't do it. You know, for a long time, Medicare never paid for hearing tests on, on adults. You know, they never paid for hospital follow up visits. Mm-hmm. Now they do. So, you know, and I was able to create so much extra income for a couple of our doctors because of that. Um, you know, and then we have our other aspect, which we actually partner with doctors in opening up clinics for them, for someone like Dr. Kevin, hint, hint, <laughs> um, where we'll take a doctor who's not happy being in the hospital, he doesn't want to do hospital rounds, doesn't want to be on call to take calls at two o'clock in the morning. You know, now we, what we do is that we actually open up clinics and we either partner with them or we, you know, we have a a wide variety. We either go like 50, 50 partners, like I am with Florida pediatric clinic, Mm -hmm. or we'll do like a, you know, we'll just go ahead and help them open it up and do all the credential. You know, the biggest thing is the credentialing of the insurance companies. That's the one thing that doctors just absolutely hate because it's in some cases it's a six month process 
to get people to get a doctor credential with an insurance company. So, you know, we handle all that. We, you know, and basically we just let doctors be doctors yeah. because they can't take care of patients if they're busy trying to figure out, you know, am I going to get paid for this or, you know, am I even approved through this insurance company? Yeah. So we make sure we take care of all that. We work with their staff and, at, you know, train their staff so that, you know, which will just help out the doctor a lot to not even have to worry at the end. Yeah. So and I'm sure, Kevin, you've got a little head start because you've got Florida Blue right there behind you. But is it is it a nightmare to code all that stuff or? For me, you know, the, the E&M codes didn't change, and that's how we decide on what we're going to have to charge a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the ICD codes, which is the disease code. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we have an uh, EMR system, which is a computer system that we are always constantly typing into. <laughs> um, basically, I can, I'll put in my disease, and it'll spit the code up for right. me. So that part hasn't been too challenging for me, and I just... I, I'm just one of those guys that says, hey, medicine's going to change all the time. Sure. I'm just going to embrace it. You know, yeah. the rest of the world's using ICD-10. So there's a lot of physicians that were upset that, that we were changing. But I was just like, you know, this is something <laughs> that needs to happen. Right. And, um, you know, some of the nuances are just crazy. Some of the diagnosis that we have available now, I think there's one that says something uh, was hit by a porpoise. Um, yeah. First nice. encounter. Yeah. So, Shark bite while surfboarding. That's yeah. my, that's my favorite. By one. accident. Yeah. By <laughs> accident. Yeah. By accident. As, as if you purposely went yeah. out to get bit by a shark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but, yeah. That hasn't posed that big of a challenge to me. Obviously I had some of the other ones memorized and older physicians had all their codes memorized. Right. And so that was, I can understand that for them. Yeah. To, so you have to start over, but, right? But I, I didn't have a lot of them memorized anyway. I always just use the computer, which is, you know, what us new guys get off easy with. Uh, yeah. The bad thing is we have to use the computer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you kind of get stuck with it, huh? Yeah. I don't think there's anybody here in the world that is going to not be able to have to use a computer for something. No, but it will get smarter. Yeah. Uh, you know, there'll be more voice recognition, less of time me behind uh, the computer typing, more time uh, face-to-face, mm-hmm. hands-on with the patient. And that's the way we need to move the medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just talking to a gentleman yesterday who's in the IT uh, business, and they are working on that. Yeah, you know? so sort of uh, you guys are not dictating your charts anymore. You're literally dictating right into the system and yeah, making it, sh- it happen. it should pick up the things that are necessary from the language that we use. Yeah, and yeah that, that, you know, well, let's hope it translates better than Google. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. if, if my EMR was as smart as Siri, yeah. I'd be doing okay. Yeah, you know, that's one thing I'm really surprised about is that, you know, as far as I know, there's only one or two companies that actually have a Dragon software that is medical specific. Mm -hmm. And with some of these, I can't pronounce some of these medical terms. I mean, it's just, you know, even like the eye doctor, I can't even pronounce that properly. Uh, The Uh, ophthalmology. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's some of the the terminology is just crazy that, you know, in, in regular dragon software doesn't pick up on it. It's not in their vocabulary. Yeah. So having this medical dragon is such a huge plus. And I know a lot of my doctors are just waiting for it to come out, you know, to a little bit better version of sure. it. And then they're going to be switching over to it too. Cause you know, like what we do is that with our EHR software, we create templates for our doctors so that all they have to do is click, click, click. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, Everything is there, but you yeah. know, there's always additional stuff. That's you know, the weird stuff that's not always going to be there. So they like sh- shark bite on purpose, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although that goes in there, apparently. <laughs> well, the code is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, so, but, you know, but, you know, that is going to be the future because right now you have two different types of doctors. You have the one that's busy typing while they're talking to you and they never make eye contact with the patient. Right. Or you have the one that's still taking notes and then goes back to their office and, you know, and it's there till eight or nine o'clock at night. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And a lot of my doctors, that's what they do. They're done at five o'clock. They go home and eat and then they chart from seven until 10 yeah. or 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of it's a transition period. Some of it is, you know, especially uh, dealing with family medicine. There's so much more requirements than yeah. a, like a pediatric side as far as what you have to be checklisting. Sure. And so, you know, they have and they just have to keep, you know, going right down the line each and every time. And it's you know, a lot of them, especially the older ones. I know, you know, I have one doctor who's I do the billing for. He just said, I'm not going to do HR. The day that they force me to, I will retire. Yeah. And I met another lady the other day, same exact thing. She's if the day that they force her to go to EHR, electronic medical records, they're going to just retire. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you either beat them or you join them, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the big problems, though, in Pensacola is the fact that we don't have enough young doctors. Yeah. Most of our doctors are, you know, they're going to be retiring in the next 15 years. And it's going to be kind of scary what happens in these next 15 years because we're going to have a big, influx of people leaving yeah and with the medical schools like uh dr kevin was mentioning is that they're not producing anymore right. you know the you know my son he's a junior at uwf right now he's studying for the mcat he's going to go to medical school hopefully and but you know it's just trying to get into these medical schools you know one of the top students at uwf who end up scoring decent on his mcat couldn't even get accepted to a lot of these medical yeah. schools. And or afford it if you could, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so he's at a point right now where he's like, well, I'm going to have to look at another option because, you I know, think Dr. Kevin might in. have one for him, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, the Bahamas is, you know, I mean, yeah. that's something we I'll be we paying those at. student loans for. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's a little steep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least my son has the option of going to the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, true, true. So uh, let's talk about what you do practice because you're in the family medicine you know, business, I should say. But what all do you guys do up there at Florida Blue? So currently uh, we see patients two and above for acute, chronic, and preventative uh, medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, we do everything from colds and sniffles to uh, if you have a laceration or you think you broke your foot, come in, we'll take care of you. Uh, we do, uh, you know, repair of laceration on site. Uh, we will order x-ray. We don't have x-ray on site, but we'll get you to where you need to be. And then uh, depending on what we find, mm -hmm. we'll get you to, uh, taken care of. Um, and, you know, we take care of chronic medicines, you know, the disease processes, like I mentioned before, diabetes, uh, COPD, hypertension, we take care of all of that. Uh, we do joint injections for osteoarthritis and um, tendonitis, as well as minor skin procedures. If you have an abscess or a cyst that mm -hmm. needs to be um, drained, we can do all that. So uh, we have a lab on site. Uh, Which I job. think is cool because you wait a long time for results, right? Yeah, well, um, sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our, that, I, and I know some of that depends on the test, right? I yeah. guess some some culture, to, you got to wait for this to grow. We usually but, have turnaround on our labs. We usually get our labs back within four days, yeah. which is pretty quick. And then uh, we try to make it a habit of contacting every patient. The RMAs will contact the patients if their phone is working. Um, <laughs> We contact the patient and uh, let them know, you know, if it's normal or, uh, you know, if, if there's something they need to come in for. Yeah. I'm yeah. just glad you're having the same problem as I am with the phones. Well, Jeez. you know, it's a universal <laughs> thing these days. 
So, um, okay, cool. So uh, tell me what do you, in both of your worlds, what's, what's next for you guys on the horizon? You want to go first? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm new here in town. I've been here a year. Um, I'm continually impressed with Baptist medical group and yeah. Baptist hospital. Um, just, it's such a healthy organization. It was, you know, I thought it was just a hospital I was coming to work for. Mm -hmm. It's so much more. They have Lakeview center, which is a full mental health, um, capacity. And it's a amazingly healthy organization and what they do for the community is great. Yeah. The foundation does a whole lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I definitely can see myself being more involved there. And like I said, I, I, I want to be a physician who helps bridge that gap for physicians and, uh, maybe develop some type of training process where I can relay to physicians how to work with their insurance companies. Um, and so it's not such a headache because that's one of the burdens that we face, you know, having to do, um, anybody who's had test odor is probably familiar with the term prior authorization. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost a curse word to doctors, but, um, the more of that we can avoid, uh, the happier the insurance company sure. is, the happier the patient is, the happier we are. So we should really work to develop um, physician training to avoid the need for prior authorization. Yeah. So I, I think that would be something that'd be great. And uh, I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit um, and I don't know what else I might do. My wife says I, I got a couple to, ideas. My wife says I need to. <laughs> I, have, I, I have a really good I idea. <laughs> I have a no, great idea. But I got three kiddos at home. Yeah. Uh, what are their ages? I got a 10-year-old, beautiful little girl named Liliana, a beautiful little girl named Juliet. She's seven. Uh, and Milam is a three-year-old little boy that keeps us all busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lucked out. I got two girls. and it's the, At least you got the boy in there, too, to kind of outweigh the, the, I mean, to balance it out a little bit. So Very cool. All right. So, uh, you know, we've I, I've got some ideas and I'm sure you've only been here a year. Give it another six months. You'll be <laughs> knee deep in so much stuff going on here. Um, are you, you, you liking the community? Yeah, we like it a lot. You know, uh, when we moved down here, we were a little uncertain, you know, of, of the change uh, coming from Indiana. We actually went to college here in town. My mm-hmm. wife and I did. So uh, coming back, we're, we've really been impressed with some of the changes Pensacola has made with mm-hmm. the beautiful revived downtown area. Um, the baseball stadium is yeah. amazing. Football too. Well, yeah. 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 That's going to be exciting. That's so, still a new one to kind of yeah. say. Right? And then, uh, you know, obviously <clears throat> well, we got 30 miles of the mm-hmm. widest sand in the world beaches. And, uh, when we moved down here, we moved on to East Bay. So we're still trying to figure out exploring all that. Mm-hmm. So we've really, uh, it seems like almost every day love the area more and more. Cool. Yeah. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you. Well, thank you very much. All right, Bill. Yeah, I know you get bored quick. So, what's next for you, man? <laughs> hey, you, know, you got like three more businesses to go to when you're done here, or what? No, only two more. Yeah. No, uh, what's on my agenda for this week alone is um, right now we have two different programs that are coming out that we're fighting with the insurance companies on. One of them is called HEDIS. Um, I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but basically it's a quality control measure mm-hmm. and how um, physicians are going to start getting paid. You know, if you don't do a certain percentile of physicals if your kids aren't up to date on shots. Right. Um, you know, and so if you're not in that percentage, then you don't get paid as much or you don't get incentive. 
Now, the other one for the family practice side is called MACRA, which is another crazy acronym. Uh, but it's basically the, uh, a harder version of HEDIS for the family practice doctors to where you got to make sure your patients have their prostate exam. You got to make sure they have their annual physical, you know, blood work done. Uh, you know, and if you don't have that done with a certain percentile of your patients, then Medicare starts cutting back on um, your pay. Mm-hmm. And so this week I get to go to all those meetings and then, you know, I have two of them with Humana this week. I have another one uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, I got to go to, um, you know, where, and I have to go back to the doctors and kind of train them on what they need to start doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think with a lot of those things, I think, um, I, I know for me, I, I take good care of patients. Mm-hmm. So I do all those things. The, the frustrating part is making sure I check the right box. Correct. That I, and, and it's not that I, you know, a lot of times it's, I can put it in my note one place, but we actually have to put a check in a certain box. You do. And, and that, that's the, that's the hardest thing. It's ridiculous. That. And either that or you have to have a certain code. And if you don't have that correct right. code you in there, get, you get dinged. Yeah. It's just like, you know, one of them now is if with the obesity, if you don't have the code saying that, you know, saying that you did counsel it could mm-hmm. be in your notes but if it doesn't if you don't have that procedure code that says yes i did counseling it doesn't count and you get marked up against it yeah. and that's the hardest thing to do now is now we have to dig deeper into this icd-10 and find all the right codes yes we did the screening for the prostate yes we did screening for this and then you have like like he was saying earlier is this you know then the insurance doesn't pay for half of this stuff mm-hmm. so now we have to try to figure out okay now we have to reevaluate how we're going to bill to cover what we didn't get charged for right yeah it's just you know and that's where i step in and that's why i'm always at these meetings and trying to you know in the doctor's office (laughs) below well yeah well you know no what it is is i'm i'm the second set of ears yeah and i i come from a different perspective on the billing side where the doctor's thinking on the clinical side what he has to do now then i could step and say hey you know this is what i see how do you see it Mm -hmm. and then we kind of like oh yeah and we kind of bounce the ideas off of us so that we're both on the exact same page i know and just go if they make would make it easier we wouldn't need people like bill (laughs) well then let's (laughs) i'm sure bill wouldn't mind giving up one of the businesses and and you you know what the crazy part is i'm fighting with the insurance companies actually yelling at them sometimes every day on the phone to make it easier but yet I'm hurting myself at the exact same time <laughs> if they do, if they actually listen to me. That's dedication, man. <laughs> dedication. All right, you guys. Well, we're getting to the end time, but real quick, I want to make sure that everybody gets website addresses and phone numbers and just ways to get in touch with you. So any, any way to contact. Yeah. So our clinic is right there on the corner of Airport and 9th and the old Blockbuster. Building. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, it sticks. <laughs> so the phone number is 850-479-3790. And we always try to make sure a live person answers the phone. Um, if you call during hours, you shouldn't be directed towards a phone tree at all. So um, <laughs> we hope. <laughs> you know that occasionally happens when everybody's busy, but we really try to we really try to be proactive with the patients and friendly yeah. and inviting. And like, from day you one, a nice I said, I, too. "Yeah, I said I want to have a attitude of yes in this clinic. Yeah, you yeah. know, if it's." 545 and you know we have 15 minutes to see a patient and they walk through the door let's get them in and get them seen you yeah know, so that's, that's kind of my uh my uh philosophy for the clinic very cool uh also want to say we have flu shots available so come out and get your flu shot man you okay. don't even need an appointment awesome all right uh bill fetke proclaims medical billing our phone number is 850-455-7191 uh we do billing all across the country we have a doctor in north carolina one in georgia alabama 
most of it is Florida based, obviously, since we're Florida based. Uh, we do have a website kind of. We're gonna we're gonna fix that. Yeah, it's kind of a joke of a website. (laughs) It won't be after today because we're gonna fix that for him. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, Bill is already. It's in the mail, dude. Yeah. (laughs) So just give us a call. Me or my wife Londa will always pick up the phone. Uh, If we're not in the office, it actually rolls over to my cell phone to make sure that we always do pick it up. And we are twenty four seven operation for the most part. You know, within. Usually within four or five hours, we always get back to you with any answer that you need. So, yeah, like I said, 850-455-7191. Very cool. Well, guys, I want to thank both of you all for coming in and hanging out with me today. You guys can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook. Or you can find us on our website at Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. Again, gentlemen, thanks for coming in today. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.